0: This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're a lifelong martial artist?
1: Uh, Yeah. I started, um, my mother enrolled me in a judo class when I was like seven or eight years old. That was my first (coughs) martial arts experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Judo, and then uh, I wrestled through junior high school and high school. Yeah. And then uh, I I took up... uh, Chinese kickboxing, uh, Sanda Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained with like, the Shaolin Monks. <coughs> cool. Moved to China for a year, trained in the Shaolin Temple. Wow. Uh, yeah, 10 hours a day, full time. And uh, led to striking here. Yeah. And then uh, one day Eric Owings uh, went to try out some jujitsu, and yep. um,
0: that was it, man, I was hooked. He's a real samurai, Eric Owings, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The first time I became um, aware of him was uh, when he did that GSP fitness Yeah, DVD that was right series. when I got there. here.
1: They were doing the, the Rush Fit DVD yeah. that him and uh, Eric created together. That was great. I yeah. never tried it personally, but...
0: Yeah? Yeah. And, uh... and you're a, a legend in the New York nightlife business, <laughs> if I may okay. say so. Uh, you have been the proprietor of some of the most well-known New York City nightlife spots like uh, Rose Bar and Electric Room and now yep. Butterfly Lounge. Yep. Been doing it for a long time. Yeah, uh, 25
1: years of nightlife, hospitality <laughs> in New York City. Yeah, what brought you to nightlife? Um, man, I was uh, I was working on Wall Street. I was a trader on Wall Street, and um, I was commuting from Connecticut at the time. And I uh, I renovated an old nightclub. Uh, it was an old movie theater, like one of the big 1,500 square foot movie theaters, uh, mezzanine and whatnot, and. Um, <clears throat> I uh, converted it into like a live music venue. Yeah. Partnered up with uh, a New York promoter. His name was Ron Delsner, and uh, we would bring all the concerts that came from like the cool venues in New York, like Roseland Ballroom, and yes. some of the like two to three thousand person size rooms. And then uh, we rerouted them into into my club as as part of the circuit for the live bands. And um, I uh, I got a taste for that, and <clears throat> I eventually moved to New York, and we sold that that venue and uh, I uh, I leased a space in, in Soho on Mercer Street and uh, built it out created a, a little lounge in the day I got like my liquor license I, I left Wall Street and that was it and yeah. that, was, that
0: was my first bar in New York a place called Wax wow <clears throat> how was that experience you know coming into the city switching careers starting something new I'm sure it was a pretty cool scene it was uh, yeah it was really cool then too um, it was great I like
1: I guess I kind of fell into, like, a downtown niche while I was still working um, down on Wall Street. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, there were no rules. <laughs> there were no rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, downtown was
0: pretty crazy. Um, it was fun. It was a uh, great learning experience. I, the, the ebb and flow of New York City over the time that you've seen it, I mean, it has gone through so many evolutions. Yeah, it's, it's very tame now. I mean, God, like, they were... I think that was when they were telling people they couldn't
1: dance in New York. Giuliani was <laughs> yeah. giving us tickets for people dancing. If you're moving your legs
0: too much, it was uh, yeah. the start of a mellower New York. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. So how do those two worlds collide for you? I mean, you know, having this discipline of martial arts in your life, what nightlife is at night? Yeah. Um, God. I'm trying to think when I
1: really started. Um, well, I... I guess it really came back into play because I didn't really do martial arts since I was done wrestling in high school and then um, I was moving to London, London to do a project and uh, I moved over there and a friend of mine was a developer <coughs> um, and it got it got delayed big time. I was I was living there and I had nothing really uh, to work on so I Started training in a place called Shaolin Temple, UK. It was a monk who came from Shaolin Temple and uh, he specialized in Sand uh, sand Show, Chinese kickboxing, throws, takedowns, and and all that. Um, So while I was waiting for this project to happen, uh, I just, that's all I did with me. I I dove into it and I trained and I trained every day and like three times a day. And uh, it was like almost full time there and, and the project was it went on for like two years yeah. so uh, finally <laughs> I was like I had spent so much time training um, the, the master of our temple was like I said a monk who came from Shaolin Temple and he got me in as a westerner and uh, I moved there thinking I was going to go for like 8 weeks 12 weeks maybe and, you know, and the place was ready to start Yeah. Um, getting the project going I'd come back and uh, I just stayed there for a year it was, it was great and, and then uh, that was it man Pretty much uh, martial arts are always involved
0: in my day to day. Yeah. From from them. Well, you are a a habitual success over and over and over and over again. You know, throughout these many, many years, uh, where you've gone, you continue to have success. Uh, not only were you successful in your business, but you also rose to start a new practice later in life, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm. And then you went on to somehow want to decide that you wanted to compete in the world stage mm-hmm. and you ended up winning worlds at Purple Belt, right?
1: Uh blue, belt. At blue actually, belt.
0: Yeah. I mean if you go to compete at worlds uh at any age, it's a massive accomplishment. Uh one of the things I'm trying to get at in this book is the habits and the traits and the principles that people find success with cross discipline. Uh, for me, when I was starting my business, uh, I had a lot of early success, but that only my, own, my natural talent only took me so far, yeah. my ego got in the way, and had a big ego crash. Um, I then had to go learn and humble myself, and martial arts was the thing that I fell back on every single night. So even though I would have the success in my business, and people were looking up to me to grow the business, uh, the fact is, is, I was 28 at the time, today I'm about to be 35, I, I didn't have the tools martial arts going there night after night getting beat up in that meat grinder it helped me so did you have any kind of experience like that i mean
1: jujitsu as you know everyone says like it's all about ego right and 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 not having ego and, and learning but i guess um i had an experience like that i actually you know i did a lot of uh venues in new york and yeah there was a lot of success um but, after my last one after um <clears throat> I did a deal with electric room, I was like the first venue that I hadn't really owned myself. I did a deal with some friends. it was a five year deal and uh, yeah, yeah it, when five years was up i I just expected it to be renewed i like, I've always like had my own leases. It never occurred to me that it wouldn't have been renewed so mm-hmm. it was uh it was a big eye opener for me, and I didn't work for like two years well, so um yeah i just I dove into i guess. I dove more into jiu-jitsu here and, and I was training like twice a day and, and just waiting for the right project to do again so I, I fell back on jiu-jitsu as well to, to yeah. just to keep
0: my mind clear and, and uh, stay yeah. focused and look for the yeah, next project. That was, uh, that's a really deep insight, thank you for, for telling me that. Um, I've had very similar situations to that. Uh, in my real estate business, we were going to buy a property, we had the contract it was negotiated it was done and the seller sent it to us we put our john hancock on it It was a couple million bucks yep. and the guy retreated the deal for the 11th hour for 50 grand to somebody else you know he just came in and he said here's 50 grand more he didn't even give us the opportunity to, to try to take it back our name was already on it and uh how much time was, did you put into that oh months yeah you know, two three months And it's, it it goes to show you, you know, first of all, the name of this gym, Mushin, no mind. Open mind, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I I find that the martial arts, like, it's just such a perfect metaphor for life. You know, it's so explicit in martial arts. In the business world, you have to read into it. It's not surface level. You have to really think about the things that you're going through and compare it to the martial arts. But uh, I find that the martial arts really um, just help me navigate these shitty things that happen. Seem to happen over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I feel, feel like in my business, there's always highs and lows, and, and uh, never, whenever things aren't going my way, I, I dive more into the martial arts, and it seems to stabilize me and, and get me focused. And um, yeah, I know it just uh, keeps you thinking clearly and,
0: and get back on track. Yeah, and it's hard to explain, but it is hard to explain for people that aren't in it. You know, I have friends all the time that ask me, How's that karate thing you're doing <laughs> I was like, Well I've been doing jiu-jitsu for eleven years. <laughs> I think you mean jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: you just force yourself to do it like uh one wants to get up at five thirty in the morning and fight for an hour. It's not natural yeah. run, but it's like it's something that we do and it's an important part of our lives, right? Like you yeah. just it's like brushing your teeth now at this point. Right? Yeah, for sure, I'm tired, you don't wanna go, but you do it and uh same thing with work, You, you
0: it's perseverance, you show up and you just keep going and doing what you got to do. do. Do the people in your life outside of jiu-jitsu, do they understand what you do on these mats?
1: I I don't think so much. I mean, they know, like, I I do martial arts, but I don't think they know what, what really happens in here and, and how intense it can get and yeah. how fun it is also, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a constant ego check, right? Like everyone's everyone's captain of their industry in, in here and, and yeah. in their own field, and then you come and you're know, on the mats. None of that matters. Everyone's equal playing field. That's a very
0: good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you in nightlife. You have egos coming at the door <clears throat> for so many personalities, so many people. Uh, they want to be in. They want to be a part of this 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 experience that you've created um, it must be difficult to try to manage what happens inside of the bar especially when you you know there's a measure of control that you have in martial arts you're coming to practice it and a measure that's outside of your control but you don't know who's walking up to your door that night yeah I mean I when I can kind of equate
1: my bars to, to mushin the gym uh, here um, I like to be in a smaller environment, much more of a controlled environment, um, <clears throat> uh, to be around like minded thinking people. And uh, I guess if I compare like a large nightclub to uh, a large gym, you've got all the yahoos coming in and, and everyone wants to do shit in music. And people are, have their own agendas and they're not on the same page as you. So I, I guess maybe like... I like to have smaller environments that I can control and curate, and uh, keep solid people around me and solid people solid people in the club. Yep. Um, They're not gonna harass other people. Or, yeah. Um, and I, I think it's similar in like a smaller environment like it is here. You know, it's not um, these guys aren't about numbers and just taking everybody <coughs> in and taking all their dollars. We pay a little bit of a premium to be here. Yep. But um, it's so worth it, man. We're all safe and we're protected and we're around people that you jive with yeah you know, it's similar i guess it's kind of similar
0: yeah there's this is a very special gym <coughs> it's a great place really good people high level of instruction uh we took the class this 6 a.m class this morning with uh rich Byrne. Yep. fantastic teacher master of the details uh he's a very high level of jiu-jitsu especially technical uh how long have you been training with rich uh i've been here for five and a half
1: years and i started really i i used to train at night and then um I started training with Rich in the mornings I guess two and a half, maybe three years ago. And uh I really enjoyed the no-gee aspect of it. So Rich is Rich trains with Eddie Cummings and Holly Meow. So um I think uh he picks and chooses like some really cool stuff that those guys do and um, filters it through to me and, and
0: the other morning students. Um, yeah yeah, so it's, um, it's been uh, an honor to get to learn with him over the years. I met him uh two summers ago out in Hampton jiu Jitsu, and he shows up on the weekends and he teaches. And, uh, he teaches he'll teach for hours, and enroll for hours, and anybody that has a question, he's so generous with his knowledge and yep. his time. And um, he seems like he's there or here or training every day. I, he is training every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah.
1: just a great guy. I'm, yeah. I, I'm very lucky to, to spend time with him. You go out to the house in Hamptons, he's got the yeah. uh, the cage in the basement. And it's incredible. Super, super private sessions at the house <laughs> before Hampton's Jiu-Jitsu. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, Rich that's is, really These guys are all great. Rich and, and Eric, obviously. Eric, you know, and he can tell if someone walks in the door off that elevator. And before they even take their shoes off, Eric's going to know if they're going to fit into this gym or not. He's a really good judge of character. Yeah. So, um, similar to, like, how we do the doors at, at the nightclubs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. These guys are all great. Tony,
0: who you know, and yeah. Chris. I've had the, uh, the, uh, the privilege of rolling with Tony a few times. And when I when I sat down and spoke to Tony for the first time, I said, how old are you? And he told me I think he was approaching 50. He he looks better it's insane, than right? most of my friends who are in their early 30s. Yep. His his eyes are white. His skin, he's fit. I mean, it's he, he's a really special guy. I, mean, I only rolled with him a few times, but his level is super high. He just stopped, like, a, a, an assault or something on the subway on Friday. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, he put someone in, I guess, someone was tormenting some woman on the train or whatever. I haven't gotten the whole story yet, but yeah, I guess he put him in a, in a chokehold and held him till the cops got there. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, Tony's a savage. Man. Yeah. I'm obsessed, like, you know, the, even the reason why we're here is I love to find out what makes people tick, how they've been successful, what they're doing, and uh, last summer I asked Tony, I said, "But well, what do you eat, what do you do, tell me about your life, and he was telling me how simple his life is, but he said, you know He fasts for 23 hours, <laughs> and then he eats whatever he wants, <laughs>
1: ice cream, a pint of ice That's cream, exactly he was telling what he told me on me. Friday, but as long as he fasts for 23 hours, he <laughs> yeah. can eat whatever the fuck he wants. That is
0: exactly what he told me, he said he'll kill a pint of ice cream. <laughs> yep. If I look at a pint yep. of ice cream, i ounce of fat on. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's a very cool guy. Um, yeah, this uh, this jujitsu circle is something that's really, really special. Tony, really Tony what... was the one who like put me through the
1: ringer for the Worlds, man. He was mm. like he's always been my coach. Um, I did a bunch of tournaments as a white belt in the gi, and then uh, man, I'd be lost without Tony coaching me. I did I had like one fight without him, but, uh, Man, he's just something really special about his voice in your head and. and the, the amount of perfection and the
0: drilling that we did to like get us ready for the world so was like yeah a man he's the man yeah yeah he's he's, he's a special <clears throat> guy he's another one of these uh, monks walking among us yeah and not not dissimilar from yourself you know uh the first time that i met you it wasn't the on the mat maybe the second or third time that i had a chance to speak to you i said um where do i know you from i mean you have you have a look and you have a presence on the mat and you just looked at me and said, I probably served you booze some time. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is probably. so, this is, a, his ha- absolutely no ego about what you do. You just, uh, it was such a great, and then you went on to, to remind me who you were. I've, I've seen you out maybe dozens of times over my life, going uh, to Rose Bar especially, and Electric Room, those are places where, uh, in my lifetime, coming up and living in New York City, being single, I'm married, i have a kid now, but uh, those were like some of the best nights of my life. Yeah, you know? very fun. It's a great times. And now I channel a lot of that energy into my jiu-jitsu and going around. And I really try to make it a point to get to as many gyms as I can, to meet as many people as I can. Do uh, you I, travel a lot for work? I travel a lot for work. So yeah, when you when you go away, you find another gym? That's, Everywhere I go. Yeah. When I started my career, um, I graduated from college in 2008, and I would go to Texas, I'd go to Florida, and there would, wouldn't be that all that much training. Today, South Florida is like, you cannot go two blocks without an amazing jiu-jitsu academy. Uh, in the places I go in Texas, that these are like second and third tier markets. Yeah, there's there's three, four schools, and of course all the normal places. Whenever I go to Los Angeles, I, I stop by um, uh, five star.
1: Yeah, I just trained with Kenny Florian at his place, Meraki, uh, oh, cool. A couple of weeks ago when I was out there. So yeah, I man, it's like when we go out of town, uh, yeah, you just have to incorporate into whatever you're doing, right? You have to find a little gym and, and get some training in. I it's funny because I used to. Uh, <clears throat> I used to go to Thailand a lot, and and uh, when I was kickboxing and doing Muay Thai, I always had a trainer who would come and train me in, in you know in the backyard or wherever. And uh, I haven't gone in a while because it's such a long trip to get over there, and yeah. you really need to be there for like two weeks because it's yep. decompression for like three days there, or three days going back. So it's got to make it a, a long trip. And I stopped going because I couldn't fucking do jujitsu there. And, and now I, I have a friend of mine who's having a birthday next month and uh i'm actually like kind of stoked when i may go because uh tiger muay thai is, is in phuket now and, and yeah. they've got jujitsu there for me yeah. so like now i kind of feel like I, I would go back to thailand now that's awesome you don't want to take two weeks off and not train right like go somewhere <laughs> it's, it's uh, uh for the pet it's more stressful not to do jujitsu when when you're away I, for I, me anyways I, that's that's really well said um, especially when all your friends are partying or whatever and they're out drinking and like, <laughs> you're like I don't do that anymore.
0: So yeah, I just want to get up in the morning and go train, and yeah, come back recharged for my holiday. Yeah. Well, when I first met you, you were training a lot. I saw you at the six a.m. class, and then you uh, you told me this was maybe about a year ago, a year and change, that you were opening a new place. Yep. And uh, you weren't going to make it to the, the early classes for a little bit until you got everything up and running. Yeah, that's. when I had time
1: off, so I was training. I was training in the morning and at night, I was training twice a day, and uh, yeah, we started working on this project, Butterfly. Uh, Yeah, about a year ago. uh, It's really beautiful. I lost my Friday morning classes. (laughs) So I I come in the mornings. Luckily, Rich will have a Tuesday morning class sometimes, and Eddie will come in and teach us. So if I can get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings in, it's great. And then I'll train at night. But I lost my Friday 6 a.m. classes. Just Mm -hmm. out. I'm out too late. Any of the guys you work with, whether they're bouncers, bartenders, anybody train? Uh, My old doorman at uh, Rose Bar, Dave is the one who introduced me here, him and um, a dude named Cordell brought me in, Yeah. he was training here before I was, so yeah, other than that, nope, not really, not in
0: yeah. my line of work, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, the at night business, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, burn the candle at both ends, be out late and get up early, but uh, you're here today, <laughs> yeah man, you have to find balance, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a, a good place to end in the balance, uh, balance is something I try to focus on all the time. We're in jujitsu we're, we're constantly seeking to keep the balance or break somebody's balance and in my yeah, life kuzushi life exactly. is a Kazushi. <laughs> i have uh, like a, a journal that i keep every single day i put my to-do lists in there if i have some job down i'll throw a jujitsu technique in there and there's always some kind of message on the cover if it says kaizen or mushin um and i had one Kazushi was, was one of the, the focuses and it's going to be one of the chapters of this book it's going to be all about balance I'll balance your competitors off-balancing your competitors, keeping balance within yourself—it's—it's <clears throat> yeah. um, so—it's so unbelievably important. And as simplistic as it is, like it's so simple, it could be written on the face of an emerald. But at the same time, it's eternally complex. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like every class, I write down notes. You know, like
1: I'm sure you do as well, do. right? Like, so, man, we've got years worth of notes that we write down every day. Everything's
0: documented. So. I had the, the honor of teaching the beginner class at my, my dojo, Budokan, uh, for about a year and a half. And um, I would always tell the beginner students if you go back and look at my journals from the beginning, it's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. As the years moved on, my, my notes became more precise, more technical, and a better understanding. Yeah, when I started out, I was, uh, Christopher Encarnacion was was training, and
1: uh, I was insistent on voice notes after every class. I didn't know what the Everything <laughs> meant and uh, I couldn't write my own notes properly so right. we, we would record our lessons and then after six months he's like I'm cutting you off, that's it now you, now you know the terms and the yeah. terminology and the nomenclature and, and you got to start writing this down uh, it's
0: funny man yeah. well I really appreciate you being part of this uh, you're a very busy guy um, you're a very successful guy and whenever you share your time, it's uh, very much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to put this book out. My last book took about two years to write. I suspect this book will take about two years also. So you're at the, the very front end, but I'm looking forward to keeping early, you updated. Early, on. early podcasters. Yeah. yeah. Rich, Rich suggested that I speak to you, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm really glad that he did. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you.